about that I'm paid as Oprah Think I may have broke the scale Cause the wait is over Wait, hold up Cause they say I almost I almost lost it I had to reach back Back and lock it Yeah You almost got me I had to reach back Back and lock it Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Slasher Sanitarium. I'm your host, Troy, and we are talking about Lock and Key, episode 8. And this one is entitled, Ray of Fucking Sunshine. Ellie turns on a burner in her house as Rufus passes her celery. She starts chopping it as Rufus says the Lock family will like it because a good meal is important after a battle. Rufus jumps at a noise and asks how much longer he will be staying there. We're playing the pronoun game now. Ellie says, not too much longer. Rufus says, they can't let anyone know he is here. A long-haired kid walks downstairs. This dude, says the kid who showed up, was the same one that murdered Rendell, right? Hmm. Ellie sends Rufus away and asks the kid where he was last night and if he had a hand in this. She then calls him Lucas. If you don't remember, Lucas is the name of her dead boyfriend. Huh. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, this bitch can't be that stupid, right? Like, she saw Lucas get killed. Plus, he looks just like he did when he died. He's not in his 40s like everyone else is. Because it was 25 years ago he died. So, come on. Lucas says that anything that happened at Key House is Ellie's fault. So that's interesting. We're, uh, we're totally gaslighting your old girlfriend, which was some questions, but we'll get there. Kinsey walks into the kitchen and says they received another casserole. Is that a real thing that happens? Do neighbors really bring you dinners after something traumatic happens, or is that just a movie and TV thing? Because, like, I haven't lost anyone in the past, like, three years, but I don't remember ever having a case of, like, a bunch of people from the neighborhood turning around and, like, making fucking tacos for me or anything like that. But that doesn't, I just don't think that's something that happens in real life. Tyler says this whole thing is fucked, and that Dodge is the reason Rendell is dead, and she got exactly what she wanted, which was the head key and pretty much every other key they've got. Kinsey says she wanted the head key to open the black door. Tyler doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about, so Kinsey has to explain a little bit more about him, and saying that, yeah, she went down uh, with the Civiti squad, and they saw the Omega door. So Tyler asks her to take him and show him. And he says, it's pretty close to low tide right now. But Nina walks up and proceeds to eat some food, and she's clearly fucking hammered. Like, whew. She's, she's a happy drunk, let's put it that way. Which, which I guess is good for the kids, but like... It's, she's very clearly comes walking down completely drunk. Tyler and Kinsey then find her vacuuming the rug, and she says, I thought I could save it, 
but it's clearly uh, unsalvageable. There's a giant bloodstain on it. Were you trying to vacuum up a bloodstain? Was that something you were doing? Nina tells Tyler what he did to Sam was self-defense. So she clearly thinks Sam was killed by Tyler and not by Dodge. Tyler asks if she needs to talk to anyone, and she says she's good. She moved the cabinet into the room. Now, of course, this is the cabinet that Bodhi found the key for, but they never figured out what it was for, and the key is still in the lock. So they do have that key, for what it's worth. Tyler goes looking for Nina's stash, but she can't find it, and he reminds Kinsey of how things were the last time she drove dove into alcoholism. Uh, he says it was six years ago, so they very much should remember Bodhi, not so much. Kinsey looks through some pictures Nina has and finds one of Rendell's friend Aaron in the mental hospital. Bodhi walks in on them snooping and asks what they're going to do about Dodge since she took all their keys. They tell him to let them handle shit. I understand he's a young kid. He's like seven or eight, I would say. Right, but he has shown to be pretty fucking resourceful, and like you should probably clue him in on things. I don't, I don't get this whole like let let the big people handle it, and like you shut up. Like he's, he's saved their asses before, and, he, and he's the one who keeps finding the keys. So I don't know. The detective Daniel Mutaka, I think is what it was, uh, arrives and checks in on Nino. Nina, clearly drunk, offers Detective Daniel some food. Daniel notices her drinking out of a coffee mug and suspects that it's not coffee. Nina says Duncan offered them to his place to stay at, but they want to stay in Key House. She gets Daniel to fuck off, and then goes to refill her mug with some hooch under the bathroom sink, and then down some mouthwash to cover it up, but then goes back to drinking. That's not going to help much. Like, first of all, your kids already know that if they smell like a ton of fucking spearmint on your breath and mouthwash that you're drinking, but then to like chase the fucking mouthwash with alcohol is defeating the purpose. <sighs> then she sees herself in the mirror, but it is not her normal reflection. It is herself beckoning her into the mirror. She then has a flash of remembering getting trapped in the mirror world, and she drops her mug and it shatters. Of course, this is a mug that Rendell gave her, so she, uh, rightfully so, flips out a little bit about breaking it. She picks up the pieces of it, throws it into the cabinet, and locks it using the key that they found. Hmm, I wonder what that cabinet's for. Tyler gets a text from Jackie saying he's outside, and at the same time, the doorbell rings. Kinsey and Tyler both go to answer it, and it is Jackie and Gabe. They both got there at the exact same time, and not only that, they both brought chowder for the other person, but from different places, because it's a callback to them talking about the best chowder in town, which I'll have to ask my podcast brethren up in New England if that is a thing that they fight about. Nina's all giddy and asks if these are the two that ones that are making it so she never sees her kids. I'm surprised she didn't ask uh, how big Gabe's dick was at this point. Like, she's 
really like way fucking awkward. And yeah, but if someone else rings the doorbell and Nina says, this is as close as they will get to attending their own funerals. So not like a hundred percent cheerful drunk, but yeah. Okay. Nina opens the door to see Ellie and Rufus. Nina sends Rufus to go find Bodie and Nina and Ellie make up. They don't kiss though. Sadly. Tyler apologizes to Jackie about bailing on the 5K and being a dick to her. She accepts his apology and tells him not to do it again. So, uh, even though he went and fucked whatever the hell dodges, I guess they're back together now? But maybe it doesn't count because she's not technically like a real person? So, I don't know. I'll have to check the, the handbook on that. Kinsey finds Ellie and asks if everything is okay with her. And Kinsey asks if she has been approached by anyone, and she starts to freak out, but Kinsey asks if it was a very pretty woman. And Ellie says, no. Bodie wants to go home with Rufus to work on the airplane model, which Ellie isn't pleased about, but allows. Like, (sighs) yeah. I mean, you know what's there. You know that Lucas is not really there. You know that that's something that's not right. But... Apparently, you're just like, I I, I guess we'll let the one person that this chick has been going at, sorry, spoiler, uh, we'll let Bodhi close to something that he definitely would recognize. Anyway, Kinsey returns to Gabe, who she just left in her room. Could have been sniffing panties in there. Gabe comforts her and they hug, then someone else rings the doorbell, and it's for Kinsey. And it is Scott. She leaves Panty Sniffer in her room, and Scott apologizes to her, and she apologizes back, and is trying to get him out before Gabe comes down. He gives her a tub of mint chip ice cream, and she makes a joke about it not being Rocky Road, and he says that's even too soon for him. Gabe walks down, and Scott bails. So now it's a nice little love triangle. Bodie complains to Rufus about Tyler and Kinsey keeping secrets from him, and Rufus seems to want to tell him something about Lucas, but before he can, Lucas actually walks up to them. Bodie says he didn't know that Rufus had a cousin, and asks where he's from, and Lucas says he moves around a lot. That might be a clue. Ellie arrives with some cookies and isn't too happy that Lucas is there, because she asks him, I thought you were going to be gone all day. Nina opens the cabinet again and finds her coffee cup completely fixed. Guess what the cabinet does? Kinsey finds Nina. She explains that her mug got fixed in the cabinet. She says it's like magic. Nina takes the next step in figuring out the cabinet is is real by putting the whale plushie inside, and of course it also comes out fixed as well. Nina then says the mirror tried to get her to follow her, and she says that she believes she went inside before. Instead of Kinsey just being like, Yes, this is all real. She's like, I'm going to go talk to Tyler. Which probably wasn't the best position to leave Nina in. Of like, she just like admitted all this crazy shit's happening. And she's like, feels like she's losing her mind. Her daughter's like, I'm going to go talk to your other son. Tyler's listening to some pansy music when Kinsey walks in. Kinsey explains the cabinet. They figure out that Nina is remembering magic. Nina then does a series of tests to see if the cabinet is fixing stuff, including ripping up a book, which hopefully it wasn't important if that didn't work. And Nina walks past and hears Tyler say that Nina is drinking again. That has to be why she's remembering. Kinsey reasons that if she keeps drinking, 
then she will remember all the magic and they'll be on the same page as them. But then again, if she keeps drinking, she's probably going to die. So, yeah. Tyler's alarm goes off saying it's low tide. And Tyler puts on Reynolds' jacket because he apparently left his at the party he bailed on. Dodge arrives at the mental hospital and wants to see Aaron, but she's too busy watching a magic show. In person has seen real magic. But, you know, she's also kind of locked inside of her head, so... And, you know, she might, might like it. Dodge pulls up a chair next to her, and she tells Aaron that she has a gift for her. It's the head key. She wants Aaron to show her where Rundle hid the Omega key. Tyler and Kinsey find a lighting stand in the caves, and Kinsey says she makes terrible, reckless decisions. Now, here's the thing. They don't do it in this episode. I don't know if they're going to do it in the next two episodes. You just found a cupboard that fixes things. Why don't you grab all the shit that got ruined and use the cupboard to fix them? I'm sure your friends would be very happy to get, oh, I don't know, essentially what would be brand new fucking recording equipment. But instead, she just chucks it aside and she's like, eh, fuck it. But Kizzy says being fearless didn't make a difference because when Sam dropped the gun, she didn't grab it. Tyler says, back then you didn't grab the poker because you were protecting Bodhi. And you didn't grab the gun because you were doing the same thing. He says she did the right thing both times. They arrive at the Omega door. Tyler shows her a stone with the words, the keepers of the keys etched into it. And there's a list of them all. This had to have taken a long time unless they had a Dremel down there. Renda Locke, Lucas Caravaggio, Aaron Voss, Ellie Whedon, Mark Cho, Kim Topher, and Jeff Ellis. So we know that Lucas, Jeff, and Kim died in the caves, or we believe somewhere near the caves. Renda was murdered. Mark killed himself. That leaves Ellie and Aaron. And we know that Ellie is a lying bitch. And we know that Aaron is in the mental hospital. Kinsey tells Tyler that Aaron is in the mental hospital. And they figure out that Dodge must want to use the key on her since she was Rendell's slam piece. Dodge then does exactly that and uses the key on Aaron to open her head. The door to Matheson Academy appears. But the other Aaron does not. Dodge enters Aaron's head and finds it covered in weeds and overgrowth. I thought this was interesting. One, it was funny that she's like way to peak in high school, but also like this woman has like since that time has been in a mental institute. Like what else was it going to be? But also the fact that we don't see the physical representation of Aaron, which we've seen in everything else. So, but thankfully in a little bit, they're going to explain that Kinsey arrives at the hospital and Dodge finds a stack of VHS tapes. So, here's the only thing with this. Alright, so I, I like this. I like this as a way to show that Aaron remembers things via VHS tape, because, sure, 25 years ago that was a thing. She opens the case like they're like the old blockbuster cases that you can open like a book. But most of the VHS tapes that were sitting there were like the ones that you slide out. So I was kind of expecting her to, like, pop these into a fucking VHS player. But no, she opens them up like a book, which is weird. The first one she opens is two people toasting uh, the keepers of the key with Aaron. 
And then Aaron uh, remembers Randall showing her the Omega key, and she asks where are we going to hide it, and he shows her the head key. That's when Aaron's mental projection asks what Dodge is doing there. Dodge says Aaron is not brain dead. She is actually trapped in her own head. So this is interesting for a number of reasons, but one, this means that Dodge didn't do this. She didn't trap Aaron into her own head, which I assume is what happens if, like, as we've seen, you know, they go into, like, the uh, Kinsey's candy store or like that. If somewhere were to take the key out of there, she's fucked. So there, that is a big thing right there. But also, like, what happened here? Who did this to her? Because that's clearly what it is, is that at, at this point we figured out that somebody did this to her, but it wasn't Dodge. So I'm interested to see if they're going to show what happened to her or, or why she became like this. Um, but it also does mean that it's possibly reversible if they figure it out. But Dodge, of course, keeps her trapped in there and walks out of the door. Kinsey is signing in when the receptionist says, A beautiful young lady like yourself is visiting Aaron right now. Dodge uses the anywhere key on the door as Aaron walks in through it. They both pass the threshold at the same time, but of course Dodge is leaving to go back to uh, Rufus and Ellie's house. And... You know, Kinsey's just walking into the next room. Very cool. Very cool little little transition. It is directly lifted from the comic books, uh, which was a nice little little touch. Uh, but we do see Dodge go into Rufus's room and break one of his figures for no fucking reason. Kinsey points out that she's Randall's daughter on a picture and uh, doesn't seem to be getting anywhere with Aaron. And as she starts to put the picture away, Aaron says, Dodge. Kinsey asks if she was here. And Aaron starts looking over at the picture. Kinsey grabs the picture again, and she proceeds to start pointing towards people until Aaron makes a different face, and she points to Lucas. And Aaron says, Dodge. And she says, no, that's Lucas. And Aaron again says, Dodge. Then it finally dawns on her, and she says, are you saying that this is Dodge? We cut to Dodge, who uses the key we saw last week on herself to turn into Lucas. So that is the identity key. Was it that big of a surprise that Dodge was Lucas? Maybe. Um, for, for some people, for sure. But, like... I mean, yeah, clearly something was going on with the fact that he was still alive when he's supposed to be dead. But I would assume that Ellie knows that Lucas is Dodge. Like, that's that's got to be the same thing right now. Question on, like, is Lucas the original? Like, was he always Dodge? Or was, you know, was it a, like a he got killed and was replaced? I don't know, but hopefully we'll get a little bit more. Uh, we got two more episodes, so we got plenty of time to uh, give a little bit more backstory on the Dodge. Nina decides that she's going to put uh, Randall's ashes in the mending cabinet, and this will end well. Nina locks it and then runs off to barf. She then hears someone come home, and she sees what she believes is Randall, but it is Tyler wearing Randall's jacket. She calls out for Randall, but Tyler is just taking out the trash. 
Nina loses her shit and then smashes Randall's ashes on the ground. Tyler says he will take care of it as Nina stumbles away. Kinsey goes to talk to Nina as Tyler starts to clean up. Kinsey says she knows what she was trying to do, and Kinsey says Nina doesn't remember before, but they have explained magic to her in the past. Nina says she thought she could fix everything, and Kenzie tells her she cannot go back to drinking, and then they spoon. Ellie comes home to find Rufus's figure destroyed. He's probably not going to like that too much. Lucas says he took a stroll through Aaron's head, and he says that Rendell put the Omega key into his own head. We cut back to see Tyler as he hears whispering, and in the ashes of his dead dad, he finds the Omega Key. Kinsey and Tyler both look on as they realize they have just found exactly what Dodge is looking for. And that is the end of Episode 8. A very good episode. One that definitely set up the last two episodes of the first season. Um, we are almost through this. And once we are, hopefully the uh, second season of Lock and Key will be coming out soon. We haven't. I don't believe we have heard an actual date yet for that, but hopefully it is coming soon. I like the episode. Um, it Dodge now knows exactly where the key is, but obviously the key is no longer there because one, Rendell is dead and burned up, and two, the kids now have it. So I don't know if they'll be smart. Well, they can't use, they can't hide the key in their own heads because they don't have the head key. So where do you hide it from somebody like that? And we know she can't take it from her, but we also know that she can totally get people to take it from them. So it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, two more episodes to go. And I will see you next time. Bye bye.